welcome to the Pursuit of Growth show, where we hold candid conversations with fascinating individuals from all walks of life to learn about their passions, successes, failures, lessons learned, and how they apply personal growth to their lives. I'm joined today by my co-host and great buddy, Greg Brinkley. What's up, Greg? Man, so much is up, Sammy. And I think uh, most importantly, what's up is we are joined by a very, very, very special guest, Joyce Morrison. Joyce, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be talking to you guys tonight. Yes, and I think we're excited. Um, and this is a big moment for us because for the audience, you should know that Joyce is actually the first guest that we ever interviewed on the Pursuit of Growth show. Um, however, that episode has just now been released, yeah. and we will tell you the backstory behind that shortly. Um, but for those of you that haven't seen the first episode, Joyce is a Texas native who has hung her hat on entrepreneurship and building multiple businesses across multiple industries, being a community philanthropist for children, all while running the Texas International Pageant. So Joyce... Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to catch up and, and chat with you today. Me too. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Well, and like I mentioned, um, you have a very special relationship with the Pursuit of Growth as being our first guest. And we talked a little bit before we started recording this show that the first episode we recorded together was actually about a year ago. It was in February mm -hmm. of 2020. And at that time, we talked a lot about your childhood and the challenges that you faced growing up and how you transitioned that into an incredible career, how philanthropy became a major cornerstone of your life and the different things that you've done to help a variety of nonprofits um, throughout your life, including the organization that Sammy and I hold so near and dear, Vogel Alcove. Yep. And then we talked about Miss Texas International, which at the time you were the reigning Miss Texas International. Yes. And then it was interesting because we talked about our vision and our goals for 2020. <laughs> we did. I cannot wait to hear what we, where we thought we were going in 2020. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we had plans that every month we're going to have a large get together with yeah. lots of people. <laughs> we're going to go to concerts consistently. Yes. We were going to have make... parties and galas and all <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> and I'm going to see my parents every weekend and hug yeah. them close as much as I can. And the only masks we were going to wear were on Halloween. And, <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. And I so did. then 2020 happened and March changed our world as the, uh, as the world uh, encountered the COVID-19 pandemic. And so as a result of that, Sammy and I were not able to actually do in-person interviews. So this show actually started not virtually, not through Zoom, but we wanted to be face-to-face -face with our guests. And yep. so that's why your first episode has been on hold for so long because we actually recorded it as a podcast and not yeah. as a video. And so we've just now gotten to the point where we've kicked off now recording this show, um, utilizing the technology of Zoom and, and recording things virtually. And now we're going to be uploading the audio from our first interview and putting that together to release and couldn't be more excited about it. But all that being said, Joyce, we're going to kick things off today with a question for you. And it's, okay. a, it's, a, it's a big question that you can take in a million different ways. But okay. again, looking back at last year, 2020 was a challenge for everybody. And mm -hmm. I think uh, when you look in history, 
there's going to be several things that pop up the global pandemic racial unrest economic turmoil and arguably the most divisive presidential election of our lifetime one thing that sammy and i have consistently talked about and joyce i think you share this outlook on life when we encounter trials and challenges it's opportunities for growth so despite the major major challenges that you personally face in 2020 can you share a little bit about what those challenges were and then how you grew from them into the point to where we find you today? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I think, like you said, you could take it a lot of different ways on what 2020 made each of us realize or you know what we found out about ourselves or learned about ourselves. And I think one thing that was new to me or a new thing to learn about myself was, you know, I'm always on the go. Me and my husband are both always on the go. We're always traveling. We have multiple businesses that we're running and we always have something going, you know, separately from each other. And, you know, that was just our lives. It's been our lives for the last 10 years. We've, we've been on the go and we have never had a point in our life where we were just sitting at home, just me and him, <laughs> like enjoy each other's company and not having to worry about going absolutely anywhere or planning anything or managing anything at the moment. So I think it was really nice to learn um, that that was also a content part of my life as well. You know, I don't think we would have ever discovered that had we not all slowed down and, and learned to just be with ourselves by ourselves or with our significant other um, and then learn to be content with that or that you are still content with that life too. And I think that was, that was nice to, to learn and experience last year to look on the bright side of 2020. You know, that's a great point is that so many people, I, I think it's like the, for better or worse, the rat race, you know, the, but you know, some people thrive and, and some people don't uh, within that type of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and I think that it's very true to your nature. Like you just mentioned, uh, I think Greg and I are both very much on the go type people. And I think it, it hit us pretty hard too. I mean, we were launching this business, you know, we we're launching the book. We were, had some big plans for 2020 and, and we're still, you know, going through all of those now, but taking that time to have to really sit back and, and understand what we're doing and, and how we're going to shift and change like we have, where it's actually, honestly, I think made us a lot stronger just here in, in the last couple of months. We've gotten really good at a lot of different things that people weren't really good at. I mean, Zoom, for instance, you know, yeah. figuring it out. <laughs> no, I, no, I absolutely agree. And I think that we learned a lot with our business as well. Um, if you haven't listened to the prior one, me and my husband have a medical distribution company and we were fortunate to be in an industry that was still needed last year and that we were still able to operate. And we still had to learn to pivot though because a lot of our business is elective surgeries and those were halted for a little while. And, you know, we had to find a different way to, you know, keep revenue going, to keep paying our employees and, we were able to, you know, jump into the PPE world since we were already in the medical distribution world. Um, we had the contacts and, you know, I think a, a lot of people tried to get into the PPE world. Um, and, you know, you saw a lot of that coming through your Instagram. You could get all kinds of masks and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but um, it was nice for us to kind of just stay in the medical industry and sell between our contacts and, and sell to facilities, um, to doctor's offices and hospitals and, 
you know, just still help in that community any way that we could um, keep those, you know, keep those customers happy in, in a different way. You know, and, and Joyce, I wanted to touch on this. Um, you know, when we talk about pivots and adaptations that, that companies made, um, first and foremost, I'm so grateful for the experiences that I witnessed from so many different companies that literally figured out how to continue to move forward. And they found ways to bring in revenue. They found ways yeah. to overcome obstacles. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is how they approach their employees. And yeah. I'd be interested to learn from you and your husband, what were some of the initiatives that you took to really try to alleviate the fear, the uncertainty of what was happening during 2020 and make sure that that part of your business didn't fall apart because without your employees, you have nothing that you're able to offer. Yeah, you know, we, we wanted, we made, we made it very clear up front that we had no intentions of letting anybody go. Um, we were going to not get paid first um, before we didn't pay any of our employees. We, you know, we, we already have a small team as in the sense of like W2 employees. Um, so we wanted them one to just feel safe in their job so that they one didn't start, you know, feeling slacking or they needed to go find another hobby or a job or career or start their own business. We still wanted them to stay focused with SLR. So we wanted to also, you know, give them that confidence that, that wasn't going to happen. Like we, we were going to keep them on and we were just going to figure out a way to do it. We, you know, and, you know, thankfully there was programs such as the, you know, the, the PPP loans and things mm -hmm. like that, that, you know, we were able to apply for as a small business, um, which helped. So mm -hmm. we were able to keep our employees, you know, going. And we just, we kept, we kept things moving as normal as a sense of we were still shipping out medical products and whether it was surgical products or PPE products. So we were still moving forward as a medical distribution company. So in that sense, nothing changed. It just changed what was in the box. So we were fortunate that, you know, our employees could continue to do that. And they felt confidence in us that we were just going to keep, keep going. Yeah, I think that's so important. At Vogel Alco, one of the things that we did right off the bat is we let our staff and our employees know that of our three major goals, our three major goals were that we were going to continue to bring in revenue. We were going mm -hmm. to meet our goals. We were going to ensure that none of the families that we serve that are homeless are going to fall backwards in that cycle of, of their journey to get self-sufficient independent. Yeah. And we're not going to let any staff go. And I think having that commitment and putting that straight forward to them was a real, I think, motivational tool that helped our, our, exactly. our culture really kind of like form together. Now, did, did your employees, you work in an industry where I guess yeah. you necessarily can't do what you do virtually. Is that correct? That's correct. So we, we were considered an essential business still. Um, so our, um, well, during the, really the thick of it in March and April, we were doing um, one employee would switch off days. So we would always have one of our employees like in the office and then Jerry and I were still going in. So it was minimal. We did shift a little bit um, kind of in those, those beginning months. But then after that, we, we were able to get back everybody back in the office um, and continue, you know, working surgeries because surgeries came back after a couple of months in the beginning. And so we were back, you know, continuing being an, an essential business and providing for hospitals. What were some of the shifts in the product that you were that you were shipping? I mean, I know that a lot of people changed to face mask. We we kind of joked about that, right? Yeah. Everyone was making masks. Um, but what was yeah. the highest demand, and what were some of the things you were asked to help um, ship? 
Um, so definitely the, the KN95s or the N95s were really hard to get and really hard to come by. Um, so that was, you know, that was a challenge for Jerry and I, you know, trying to navigate our connections. And I mean, there were so many people that would also reach out to us saying, Hey, we, we could sell you KN95s and N95s. So we only wanted to work with people that we trusted and, mm-hmm. and manufacturers that we knew the quality and we knew like they weren't coming from, you know, a chop shop somewhere that just started and decided to figure out how to make, you know, masks because yeah. it's a pandemic. So a lot in the beginning, it was a lot of masks and then it actually transitioned into gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so gloves are kind of the thing now and they're hard to get. Um, they're sold kind of in a very large quantity of pallets. So, you know, there's a lot of doctor's offices and small clinics that aren't buying gloves by the pallet so they can't get access to them so we've been able to become that um kind of that middleman and that distributor for smaller clinics and facilities with getting gloves mm-hmm. um so we're taking the pallets and we're we have the inventory we have the you know operations where we can take the pallets and then distribute them individually when you know, importers just don't have that ability. So we kind of found a niche uh, between an importer and you know, smaller business customer in the medical field that's needing these, or even restaurants and hotels um, that are needing these. So we, we were able to find a, a niche in that, in that sense. That's awesome. I, that's a, that's a great, you know, that's true spirit of entrepreneurship right there. You know, like finding, what do they say? The, the riches are in the niches, right? They, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. But I know I saw something on, I guess, the news at one point in time that you, you solved a problem that, that was out there. And that was, you know, the, the small dentist office, the small doctor's office, they couldn't get their hands on any PPE at, at all. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Because I even thought to myself, I was like, wow, like, what do they do? Like, they, they can't order yeah, more than they- boatload, literally, you know? Yeah. And a lot of them were having to reuse things and which is, I mean, defeats the whole purpose of, you know, having PPE and all that stuff. So it, it was a challenge, I think for everybody. And it took us, it took us a little bit to just kind of figure it out and have people find us and find the channel because we weren't normally a PPE distributor, you know? So it's also telling, getting our word out that, Hey, we, we are a reputable company. We've been in business, you know, 10, 10 years. So, you know, we're not just a pop-up Instagram fast face mask company. Um, so it's, it's advertising and getting our word out. Um, and we did a lot of, um, interesting things. We did a lot of philanthropic things with Mass 2. We did um, a giveaway with the Harwood District and we, we set up shop SLR Medical and we gave anybody that came by, we gave them a box of masks, you know, for if you just couldn't get any, you couldn't find any, or, you know, you just couldn't afford any, like come by and, mm. and get masks, come get whatever you need, hand sanitizers, masks, and we had it all out. So we were able to get um, word out that way as well, because we got a little bit of news coverage on that. So I remember seeing that. Yeah, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. I applauded y'all a lot on Instagram. Thank you, you got a lot of these. <laughs> Thanks. As you look for the, the, the coming months, Joyce, are you still seeing a big need for all those different items, the PP items, the gloves, the mask, the, uh, and, and the hand sanitizer? Yeah, so there's definitely still need for that. And it, it's still a need that we're seeing in the smaller companies. Like I said before, they're still trying to find it because even if they've gotten it from a previous company or another company other than us, and then they're still coming to us because that previous company has run out or they haven't got their next shipment, it's 
these, the people that are getting it and distributed are running out of it so fast that, you know, you sometimes that customer coming back to order the second amount is, is they don't, it's not available. So they're mm-hmm. still trying to find it from another distributor somewhere else. So it's definitely still, you know, still hard for businesses to find it. And there's still a need. Um, I learned something really interesting about gloves during all this and the nitrile gloves and how they're made um, and why they're backed up is because they're actually made from tree sap that is caught from trees in Asia. So, you know, there's only so many trees and so much sap that falls in a day. So when the demand for those gloves went up, the trees didn't produce more sap um, and the people couldn't get more sap. So it really created a shortage, which is just, you know, it's just a crazy, you know, kind of line of something you don't really think about. You just think, oh, we have a, we have glove factories and they just make gloves and comes out of a machine, but it just it. It's yeah. from trees. So, um, you know, there's only so much we have of that. And it's still, we're still trying to play catch up. And I think but, it's going to be affected, you know, for another couple of years, I think, just the catch up. Yeah, it's interesting. Sure. You talk about the supply chain like that, too, to hear you even yeah. think about it. Because, I mean, you hear so much about the different things that you're know, back ordered or on order, but then you go even further to the literal component from yeah. a tree is yeah. on back order, you know, so. Uh, yeah, and then you're like, why? That, I guess that makes sense. Like, it's not just their machines aren't producing fast enough. It's the tree yeah. is just still at the same pace it's always been, yeah. even though we have been in the need, you know, a hundred times more, so. Uh, well, Joyce, if, if you were to ask me a question and say, Greg, I'll give you a million dollars if you answer this question correctly, <laughs> do gloves come from trees? Uh, I would <laughs> I have said, I would have said false, and then I would have gone to sleep very upset that I missed out <laughs> I on a million dollars. Yeah, was, I don't think I, I would have got that either. If that was a question on like who wants to be a millionaire, I would have not picked Tree Sap. Oh. Like I don't, I just don't think I would have. You would have called, phoned a friend, and we would have led you straight. Yeah. Well. Um, I, Joyce, I promise you, gloves. There's no wood in gloves, Joyce. No, not from a tree. You're good. Wow. The uh, yeah, it's it's interesting you talk about the supply again. I was uh, I had a meeting with Nebraska Furniture Mart over the summer in 2020, and one of the things they talked about was they were having a real hardship in accessing furniture yeah. because so many of their items were in those huge, you know, uh, box. What do you call them? Containers, uh, shipping containers, containers shipping, containers shipping containers that were stuck in the ports on the East Coast, West Coast, wherever it might be. And because the unions weren't able to work, all their furniture was just sitting there and they couldn't access it. And so mm-hmm. they were just like, we literally had such a, a hard time just getting product to be able to sell. And uh, I, I was just kind of curious, did you guys run into any of that type of, of supply issues with what happened in terms of the shutdown? We did, yeah. There were there were multiple times that our stuff was stuck in at, at import at the port, and we could. There's nothing you could do about it. It was yeah. just, like we were like we had you know promised all these customers. Okay, they're coming in. They're on their way. They've arrived. Okay, we should have them to you in five days. And then we're like, where's the shipment? Where's mm. where's it at? Why is it not coming? And yeah, it was frustrating. Um, it was very frustrating. And I think. It, it's, you don't think about it, but it, and it's not just the PPE. It's like you said, it's all things like furniture and lumber and, and just things that businesses need and use on a daily basis. All of this was just affected 
across the board. There was so much stuff getting stuck. We couldn't get, you know, stuff from other countries and to come in, or even if it was already there, it was just, they were not releasing anything, but we, yeah, we definitely experienced that and it was challenging. Well, speaking of challenging, as you look at 2021, from a business standpoint, what are some of the goals that you have for the company and, and, and perhaps maybe share some of the obstacles that you envision you may encounter and any, any plans for how you're going to, uh, to adapt this year as we continue to kind of sail through the fog of what will be 2021? Um, so, you know, just looking ahead on 2021, I think we want to get back to the focus of our core business, which is the medical implant sales side. Mm -hmm. We are continuing the PPE, but we don't, we don't want that to be our focus this year as it was last year. And it turned into, um, we still want to make sure that we keep our main focus of our business and, you know, surgeries are going forward. So that is just the main, that's the main focus is to try to definitely grow from 2020, which is, you know, not going to be that hard, right? I think everybody went, went low. We're all going to like hop up a little bit. We hope in 2021 when things, you know, slightly get back to normal a little bit. Um, so that's really, um, that's really our goal. And the challenges, I think, um, you know, I think we'll still see a little bit of challenges with the PPE a little bit. Um, you know, we're still, it's still new to us. I mean, it's not cool. We're not even quite a year into it. So we're still mm -hmm. a new business, a division in that sense. So we're still learning because the economies of scale with the PPE situation is moving on a daily basis. So we have to be very careful and watch when and what we're buying and at what price, because, you know, gloves may be a certain price today, but, you know, who knows, like another tree sap farm popped up that nobody really knew about. And now they're supplying all this. So now it's like, oh, well, I can just get these gloves here and these are coming in. So pricing and just the economies of scales and the need is just, it's very finicky with PPE. So that's something we have to be very, very careful and cautious of. Well, I see now there's a big push on a lot of the, uh, the national news media to double mask. So maybe you'll have an opportunity to sell even more masks as uh, we're being encouraged to wear two. So, two masks, yeah. I did, I, an opportunity. I, did, I did hear that. Um, you know, hey, you know where to find them. <laughs> That's a good point, right? <laughs> Just yes. email me <laughs> if you want to, I got you. <laughs> I love what Sammy said, the riches are in the niches. Double masks, there you go, Double go to mask. Joyce Morrison. Come on, we got them. <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. Well, I think that that's, I mean, that's fascinating. I, I love the fact that, that y'all just know your business inside and out. Um, you speak so, I mean, you just speak so intelligently about like everything that comes to scale, like the fact that you can tell, like you're so deeply entrenched in the business, which I found that out about you just, I mean, going back to our first interview and going back yeah. to our friendship is that you know, you, you've always been that way, even like with your philanthropic efforts, when you were part of our young professional group. So I wanted to pivot the conversation a little bit into like another thing um, that I, I see you've really dove into and you're really putting your stamp on and that's Mrs. Texas International. Um, yeah. That's the, uh, the, you are the reigning uh, Mrs. Texas International. And so I wanted to give you this time and, and have you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that, the platform and then tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about what, what that is. Yep. So that's right. When we last talked in February, still the reigning uh, Mrs. Texas. 
And I carried that title through some extensions and COVID and all that stuff until June. So I'm probably the longest reigning Mrs. Texas there was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, kind of to explain the pageant a little bit, I've, I've, to, to repeat what I said on the first one, but I kind of grew up, I grew up doing pageants. I did my first one when I was three years old and um, continued as a married woman and won the Mrs. Texas International title. And what I love about the international system is it's heavily platform-based and it focuses on women in their community and their education. Um, it's not just, you know, about getting on stage and looking pretty, you know, of the international score is based on your interview and platform work. So you're not going to scoop by with a pretty face in this system. You've also, you kind of got to be a triple threat. You know what I mean? So, and that's what I've really appreciated the focus on such huge focus on platform. And I've loved the international system. It was introduced to me back in 2010. Hmm. So over 10 years ago and um, it's, it kind of stayed apart and I finally won. And I honestly, if you guys look back and at the last podcast and when we talked about what we were thinking was going to happen and what our goals were for 2020, I told, I can guarantee you, I did not say it was to be the director of um, (laughs) and owner of the Texas international pageant. I just, not that I didn't think that I would want to do that someday because I did, um, 2020 was just really crazy. It just really just the opportunity presented itself and, you know, things happen for a reason. So I'm on the journey. I was offered to um, purchase and take over the Texas International Pageant as the executive director. And I am learning so much about another side of the industry and pageant that I haven't been on. I've always been on the contestant side. So I've, you know, taken on something that I'm learning and growing from and, you know, I'm putting on my first production. So I'm, it's, it's exciting and I'm learning a lot and I love it. And I'm excited to continue, you know, using like not my title platform, but using now my director platform to continue to help women in Texas show their community and their education and, you know, just, you know, share my advice and give them a platform and a stage to do what I did. I love that. And, and while you were the reigning Miss Texas International, you did a lot hello, of- Hello, you guys. No, can you, can you hear us? Hello, hello, hello. We're still here. Are we there? Uh-oh, do we, do, we, do we have our first technical challenge with Joyce? Oh, is it my Wi-Fi? Can you hear us? We can, we can hear you, but we can't, but you're frozen. So just FYI. <laughs> We're talking. Oh, you're back. Okay. Oh, right, there we got it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened. Um, That's all right. Yeah. So did y'all catch well, the end of that? Okay. Well, we did. We, we did. Okay. And then I, I honestly, I, I had a lot of disagreements with what you just said. And I went on a rant about <laughs> oh, um, just Glad being curious you. about what you're doing, but yeah. you missed How it. How could so. you? Well, right. I lost it. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that's fantastic. You know, but what I was, I started to speak before uh, we, we froze up was while you were at Texas International, you did a lot of work with Vogel Alcove. You still do a lot of work with Vogel Alcove. And it was really cool for me to see how you used your platform to raise awareness, to get more people engaged in our mission, and not just knowing what we did, but actually getting people to actually put effort into the things that we needed help with. And I think that's what's really cool about the pageant and the the women that participate in it, they, they have, passions they have things that that are important in their communities and they're actually it, it's not just a checking a box and saying you're doing something it's 
really making a difference. It was really, really cool for me to experience. And so uh, tell us a little bit more about when the pageant is going to occur this year, where yeah. it's going to happen, and then honestly, how are you pulling this off during <laughs> a global pandemic? With five minutes in a pandemic, yes, I know. So <sighs> the pageant is happening March 6th and 7th. The actual pageant will be March 7th in the evening, and we are hosting it for the first time in Frisco at the Omni Frisco at the Star. Um, I'm very excited to just bring a new venue um, and a new experience um, to the girls of Texas as the new director. And, you know, with all things said in COVID, you know, we are, thankfully, I have a PPE company. how that worked. Um, so I'm going to continue, you know, the, I've been watching other and their systems and, you know, USA and uh, those systems and how they're handling COVID as well. So I'm watching other pageants of the systems that have decided to host their pageants and continue on. Um, so, you know, they're just limiting and they're making girls, you know, wear masks and social distance and opening numbers are looking a lot different these, you know, this year and, and last year they're, you know, we're doing them in sections, like only five girls come out and do a little number. And then, you know, we're just, keeping it as socially distanced as possible and, you know, having SLR and have them helping consult with the pageant to make that, make sure that we're COVID compliant um, is really helpful. So, you know, there obviously are, you know, PPE sponsor, who would have thought you would need a PPE sponsor for a pageant, but um, we have that now. So they're helping with all of that. And, um, you know, we're, we're going on, we're moving on, you know, I've kind of had my motto now it's mask on and move on. You know, we can't keep sitting in our houses and, in, you know, not not doing anything. And so I think we're on the transition phase where we're able to kind of get in a place where we can go to an event and just be, you know, be cognizant and, and aware of our social distance and wearing our mask and just being responsible human beings in a different sense, you know? Yeah. It, it, you know, one of the things that there's obviously so many moving parts when it comes to just throwing in any type of event. And, you know, mm -hmm. you've got event experience. Greg and I have a event experience, so we, we know what it all takes. But when you step into this new role, like now you're here, you know, like you're no longer mm -hmm. the participant. What was yeah. something that maybe stood out to you when you shifted from that participant over to the director? Like what, was there anything that caught you by surprise or like, like you're like, whoa, I never even had to, you know, thought about considering something like this? You know, I, th I think overall, it was just, you know, you always have an idea of how something is behind the scenes, you know, for, for anything. And then when you finally get behind the curtain, there are so many things to learn. And, you know, so many things you didn't think about um, that you have to do. And, and you know, I'm, something specific is slipping my mind. But I, I think just overall, and I've had such a short time frame to do this because I purchased the pageant in September and wow. you know first effort that whole month was just finding a venue before I could even start recruiting or even planning any type of event so you know I was down to five months at that point in planning and recruiting and everything so I've been trying to give myself grace because mm -hmm. I am an Enneagram one and I don't like to give myself grace um, so I've been trying to this year um, with a short amount of time and just saying you know, 
this is, it is what it is. It was the five months I got to plan and we'll all, we'll, I'll learn and I'll keep continuing to learn every year that, you know, I put the pageant on. I know there's going to be new things to learn and things will happen and you just got to keep, you know, looking at it as a learning experience. Do you have a vision of where you would like to take the pageant or where you, where you see it becoming in the future? Yeah, you know, I do. The pa I think the pageant, the Texas pageant, um, I would say about 15 to 20 years ago, there was, you know, there was upwards of a hundred contestants competing. Um, and I want to get, get it back to, you know, a large format pageant. And the last few years, it's just, it's been about 30, 40% of that. And I just want to come up with new ways to help more contestants get in because if you're not familiar with the pageant industry it is an expensive sport and mm -hmm. it is you know it, you don't account for all the things coaching entry fees um headshots wardrobe um it all adds up and it's a lot so i have been in communication with um some colleagues of mine that i've worked with to kind of bring a new a, type of scholarship, you know, system to the pageant. Um, I know some do that as a prize if you were to win. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to make it more accessible in that sense for contestants to even be able to get on a stage and share their platform at a state level. Um, and, and they can't afford it. I want to make it possible. So I definitely want to change it in that mm -hmm. sense and, and offer some type of you know, annual scholarship for a few girls and, and it's, it's in the works. I don't know if it'll, it's definitely not happening this year, but maybe in the next two or three years, I definitely want to have a program like that um, just to open it up to more people and make it more affordable. Yeah, that's Love definitely that. something that's, it's, it sounds really unique. Yeah, I know. I, um, and the fact that you're giving back and you're helping the whole way, I think just fits the mantra of what you just mentioned was that it's not just about being that face on the stage, you know, it's like about having depth and breadth. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's really, that's really cool that you're able to help those people, you know, especially get on a, a platform and be able to yeah. share their story. Yeah. I truly feel like there, there are just some girls out there that are, you know, a perfect candidate or, you know, they do so much work and they have a platform and they want to share it. And a pageant is a great way to do that, but some have the barrier of entry of finances. And, you know, I just want to, I want to change that and give them a platform to where they can, you know, get help. So somebody can give them a platform to share what they're doing with their lives. And, you know, that could help them skyrocket into, you know, different opportunities that they normally wouldn't have had. And Joyce, as, as we're now, I guess, uh, just a few months away from the pageant taking place. We're four weeks. <laughs> oh, it's four weeks. Excuse me. Yeah. So, so it's close. Months, <laughs> let, let, let's narrow that. How can, people, how, how can people support the pageant and get involved? So we're a month away. I am doing in-person viewing. So I would love, um, love your support and coming to the pageant and watching the pageant. Our seating will all be socially distant. 
So, um, you know, we'll be following, following all COVID protocols as well. Um, so coming to see the pageant on March 7th would be super helpful. Um, and then for future, um, I am absolutely open to learning about different companies or, or um, businesses that would like to, to partner in sponsorship or have some ideas of how they want to partnership with a pageant or just get into the pageant industry. You know, I've use a little bit of my network and gotten new businesses into the pageant industry who, you know, I was talking to my photographer today and she was like, Joyce, I just never thought in my entire life I was going to be a, taking photos for pageant girls. And now I have a little bit of a side pageant business. I'm getting clients from, you know, the pictures I took for your Queens and things like that. So, you know, the pageant industry and the pageant world is, is its own kind of animal and monster. And if, if you have a desire to break into that industry, or you think your business um, would benefit from being a part, part of a pageant, like reach out. I would love to chat about 2022. Very cool. And, and, you know, I've got some ideas that we can talk about um, offline after we're sure. finished with the show. Uh, Perfect. Maybe some companies and some people that I can introduce you to. I'd be happy, happy, happy to do that. So very, Well, very you guys cool. are always so good about that, especially introducing us to our media sponsor, Lifestyle for Scope. So that was very helpful, and I appreciate that. Good. <laughs> Glad that worked out. We love those people over at Lifestyle for Scope. They've, they've helped us out as well. So I think we're going to transition into a topic that we are all three pretty aligned on uh, yeah. <laughs> as, as being something that's it's super cool, something that I know for Greg and myself, we're just dipping our toes in the water. So we've definitely got some, uh, we need to ramp up our experience to get up to your level. <laughs> but um, we want to talk a little bit about your travel and uh, your travel escapades yeah. and, and learn a little yeah. bit more. So uh, Greg, I know that you had a, a, a couple of good questions there that you wanted to start off with. Yeah, but I think travel, my favorite thing to talk about. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> so one of the things that we mentioned when we first uh, we recorded our first podcast, when we finished was, gosh, we didn't even get into traveling like we yeah. wanted to. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I think the three of us all agree that, that traveling is more than fun. Traveling is a learning opportunity. It's a growth opportunity. And it just expands your perspective on life. There's so much value mm -hmm. that you get from traveling. And here shortly, Sammy and I can share a story of just a trip we took recently that was just a, a road trip about 90 miles down the road and the impact that it had on our lives of just yeah. going somewhere new, experiencing new opportunities, meeting new people. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And you know, just to start things off, I would love to just ask you of the places that you've been throughout the world, do you have yeah. three favorite destinations that you've experienced? Yes, I do. I get asked this question all the time. <laughs> and another question I get asked is, I'm traveling here. I saw you went here. Um, can you please tell me where and what I need to do? Yes. Which in turn led me to start my blog, Wonderless Wifey, because I kept, you know, regurgitating the same things like, oh, I, yes, I was here. Then I would like copy and paste or an edit. So I've just decided to put everything in one, um, one place. So to answer your question, um, I do have three favorites. I always just get asked my favorite, um, which I think is harder, but we like um, to push you to go with three. <laughs> three. <laughs> We're going to make you so work for it. So I, I, I already know them. So Marrakesh, uh, Morocco mm. was one that I was so surprised by. I had an idea in my head of how 
what it was going to be and how it was going to be from what I saw on Instagram and just what I had researched. And it just blew me away. I cannot wait to go back. Um, it was, you're in the middle of a desert surrounded by snow capped mountains. And there is a tiny, there's the old city that's surrounded by the red wall in Marrakesh. And then there's a new city that is, that's like got clubs and like, like you're in Miami and restaurants and lounges and you're just, it's like the best of both worlds. You get so much culture there and then you still can go and like, feel like you're hanging out in you know, like a metropolitan, a little metropolitan mm -hmm. city. Um, so it was just really cool to experience both of those. Cause usually when you go to a place like that, you're not like, I had been to Sri Lanka and that was very much like a cultural trip that we took. Um, just learning about Sri Lanka and seeing the heritage sites and things like that. There wasn't really any like nightlife or, mm -hmm. you know, crazy, you know, restaurants you had to go that were off resort. So, um, but Marrakesh pleasantly surprised me. So that's one of my favorite places that, that we traveled. And my second one, I would have to say is Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Mm -hmm. Um, everything there is just opulent. So it is, you go to a restaurant and they're like, would you like the regular menu or the 24 karat gold menu? And you're like, well, I'm on vacation. I would like the 24 karat gold menu. And then you realize like, okay, well maybe I shouldn't be buying this because this is really excessive. And then you just go with the sprinkled, you know, 24 karat sweet potato fries, uh, which were delicious. <laughs> the mini of course you take the 24 but that's everything in dubai everything is just over the top mm. excessive it's excessive Burj, right the burj khalifa the the yeah. skiing indoors the i mean just the fountains the every it's just everything is just over the top you have you walk into palaces and they're just lined in marble and gold and you're just like how you know like, like where am where, i right where am i like it, it's just crazy and it's crazy to kind of oh. live in that that you know that, that world for for a little bit while you're traveling there and just kind of feel like oh so fancy you know <laughs> and i know um, everything there in dubai just makes for a great photo i mean i'm obsessed with that area of the world but it's just from the technology to the opulence to the to the the old versus new you know you know it's i so know different. and i'm so bummed because you say pictures and we had went there on our wedding moon and I, and this was before I started the blog and I wasn't in that like blogger mentality. I wasn't mm. like a content creator back then. So I have so little photos of us in Dubai and cool photos. So I'm like, I have to go back. I was like, Jerry, <laughs> we have to go back now that I like know how to make content and like can take photos and, and, and I can add them to my blog. So yeah. stay tuned whenever yeah, we just, can, the world opens up again. <laughs> Just tell Jerry that trials are opportunities and we have a major trial. We don't have good pictures from Dubai. We've got to go back. That's our opportunity, people, right? The, give the people what they want. They want the Dubai <laughs> pictures. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, so that that one. And then um, I have two beach. I had two beach favorites. Um, the Maldives. You know, mm -hmm. that was kind of a once in a lifetime kind of trip and the water there is just as you see it. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. And my favorite closer version of the Maldives is Turks and Caicos. So mm -hmm. we go there often and we try to go there. We just, we were just there in November 
Um, and it was amazing. It was so nice to get away and just chill out for a little bit at the beach and just stare at, stare at the ocean. Gosh, that sounds, that sounds so <laughs> relaxing right now. Just, you know, as we, I think everybody took that turn there towards the end of summer. It's like, I've just got to get yeah, out of here. It was, it was like, we got to go somewhere, whether we're driving or whether we're like, we ended up kind of doing a, a, like a nature park trip. Like everybody was doing like, you know, going out to the national parks. And so we went out to the Grand Canyon and, you know, saw all that in Sedona and enjoyed the, the great outdoors mm -hmm. um, over the summer. Cause we, we were the same. We were like, okay, especially me. I was like, listen, we got to figure out, I don't know. We got to go somewhere. I was like, just stand in the middle of Grand Canyon or something with nobody around. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. like, we got to figure something out. <laughs> Put on all the PPE and let's go. Yeah, and let's go. <laughs> so Joyce, I, you mentioned earlier that, that people tend to ask you a lot of questions about best tips, what are suggestions in terms of when I'm traveling, you know, uh, what, what are the best practices that I can do? Yeah. I'm curious, do you personally have any travel horror stories? Have you had a trip or an experience where just things went horribly wrong? <laughs> So a little bit, uh, yeah, we have a day. So as I mentioned, we, we went to Sri Lanka and this was also a part of our wedding moon tour. And we, okay, so Sri Lanka, you really got to have some things planned out because they don't, you know, you got to have your drivers and your transportation because there is, they don't really speak English. I mean, some do like in the resorts, mm -hmm. but you get off the resort and it, you got to have things you know, not nailed down. You gotta have so, up, right? Yeah. yeah, it's gotta be buttoned up. So we, you know, I'm a planner, had everything planned. Everything looks great. We went to our first resort, got there at night, next day, enjoyed it. And then we were going to the next resort the next day. So the third day that we were in Sri Lanka. And so as soon as we leave the resort with a driver that does not speak English, but he knew where we were going, the hotel told him where we were going. And okay, so imagine this, we've got all our luggage, we're in this, <laughs> we are in this van that's like an 80s van, like it's got recliners and curtains in it. Like, I mean, it was very comfortable, but it was just very like a time warp, right? So we're like, okay, so I'm like, I've got my wedding dress, we've got our luggage, I mean, we're, we're out for almost four months on this trip. So, okay, so we're all piled up and we're going and he gets a phone call on the way there and it's not in English, so we don't know. God, and he pulls over we were headed to our plane we were taking a small plane to head to the south of Sri Lanka because the drive would have been like I don't know seven hours or six oh, hours wow. or something so it had just been it would have just cut our whole day so we we're like we just were taking a plane to the next resort and so we he stops on the side of the road halfway there and he's he's like nope and we're like <laughs> You're like, yes. No. <laughs> we're like, the plane. We're like, plane. Like, we're, we're going to the plane. Like, he's like, no. Huh. So we're like, oh my God. I'm like, what do we do? I'm like, okay. Like, I was like, he doesn't communicate. So we're like asking people on the side of the road in Sri Lanka. Like, this is, I mean, in this part of the area, central Sri Lanka. So it was very just. It, the third world, like there was, it was just, you know, it wasn't, nobody was speaking. There was no translators there. So, <laughs> so we call the hotel and we're trying to figure out translation and, you know, where, like why he was stopping, where he's going. So long story short, he got a phone call from the plane, which 
okay i guess i was like i guess the plane i guess the hotel gave the plane company the taxi driver's number maybe yeah. i don't know so apparently there the plane was broke so there was going to be no plane happening okay so he was just going to drop us off on the side of the road <laughs> like there was no there was no problem solving going on in Sri Lanka like it was like oh sorry your plan yeah. is done so bye <laughs> and we were like we were like no and like J J Jerry's getting a little frustrated like we like I, what do we have our luggage like where are we gonna go we're in the middle of Sri Lanka like our cell phones don't even work we have no wi-fi and we're translating between the hotel the hotel is translating to him we're like how do we get to our resort so we basically after a little bit of heated discussions he did not want to have anything to do with us because i think we were both getting frustrated at each other because the language barrier um i mean there was a point where we were standing on the side of the road um and he was like get out of the car Oh um, so after about an hour of that, the hotel guy was, Jerry was like, I don't even like, I will give you like 400, $500. <laughs> like, will you, Just will you get us back in the car and drive us the six hours to the resort? So oh my God. we drove six hours to the resort in our reclining 80s minivan, pulled the <laughs> curtains back and we were just, you know, enjoying the Sri Lanka scenery. So it didn't always go as planned, but we were good. We just kind of learned to just laugh it off and just be like, wasn't that something? Like we were left, we were about to be left on the side of the road, like <laughs> in central Sri Lanka. Like yeah. they just got out of a civil war not too long ago. So yeah. that would have been pretty crazy. Um, so that I think that was kind of the, we were kind of scared. We were scared a little bit for a second, like that we were going to get left. And it was, it was pretty scary. But we ended up at a resort safe like 10 hours later. <laughs> Any, anyone that's ever been in a foreign country, the minute that one thing doesn't go as planned, mm -hmm. it is so oh easy God. to just get like, just frozen oh with fear yeah. of like, oh my gosh, we're, you know, I have no support system if, if no. these things don't, don't work out right. Yeah, or phone or, I mean, it was like, we were, we were a little terrified. Like, Jerry's like, what do I have to do? Like, what, how do we get in the van and you drive us, drive us all the way down there? And it, I don't know, it worked out. He's, his persuasion, it works. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I think whenever you have trips like that, you mentioned you're like a planner, you know, you're, you're, you're getting yeah. things in order. Obviously things can mm -hmm. go wrong, you know, planes yeah. can break. Um, yes. But what are some of the the best practices or tips or things that you you tell people that are maybe taking that first trip or that second trip or maybe going outside of their comfort zone like maybe they're going to a foreign country what are some of the things that you've taken with you that have helped them what do you tell other people i would say don't listen to everything you google and articles about places that you travel. I think as an example, one of the misconceptions about when we traveled to Dubai was that Americans needed to come very modest and dress as if you know they were a part of the culture that Dubai practices. And that is, that is widespread all over the internet. I mean, it's like, you just need to be modest and everything. And that is not the case. So I would, you know, they, they understand you're American, like you're, you have American clothes, like, you know, it's just, it's just part, it's, it's an expat city. There's people from all over the world there. So I think that's a misconception that people, I get, I get asked that question so much mm. was like, oh my gosh, what did you wear when you were in Dubai? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wore my normal clothes that I wear <laughs> in Dallas. I, you know, it's like, yeah. just whatever, you know, unless you're going into a temple, it's all good. So I would always say, try to find somebody that's actually been there 
don't try to get all your information from Google because that can take you in seven different directions. And, you know, sometimes people use a travel agent, which, which helps. I plan all my trips and I just, I kind of like to gather information in, in my own way and, and reach out to people that have been places and things like that. So that's my tip is just try somebody, you know, that's been somewhere, been there to get a firsthand account. Mm. That's great advice. Yeah. Taking so, notes actually. One of the things, uh, Joyce, that Sammy and I share in common of the many things is uh, we don't watch a lot of TV. We, I guess, tend to watch quite a few movies, but we're not huge TV watchers. But there's mm -hmm. one show over the past decade that we both agree is perhaps our all-time favorite show. And uh -huh. there, there's actually several iterations of it, but it's Anthony Bourdain. And most recently, it was Parts Unknown that he mm -hmm. had on CNN. And yeah. for, uh, I can't imagine anybody listening isn't familiar with Anthony Bourdain, but it was a yeah. travel show where he would go to just places all around the world. Off, off like off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. <laughs> and what was so special about his show is it wasn't just about the destination and the place that he traveled, but it was about the people mm -hmm. and the cultures. And he used food, his love of food and travel to really kind of show people that we're not so different and the differences that we do have, we should celebrate as opposed to, you know, be fearful of or to be, you know, to, mm -hmm. to, to, to be angry about or whatnot. Yeah. So you love to travel. Yeah. You have an incredible engaging personality. You have experience being in front of the camera. Have you personally, Joyce, ever thought that one day <laughs> you could have your own travel show? I actually have thought about that. Jerry and I have talked about that. Um, yeah, never say never, right? I, I have absolutely thought about that. I would, I would love to host a travel show and I feel like I need a few more years of experience under my belt. I need to go to a few more places and, and really, you know, just get an idea of more cultures around the world and, and have that in my back pocket and be an experienced host. And I, I would absolutely explore that and love to do that one day. Like, well, count absolutely. Sam, yeah. <laughs> count Sammy and I in as supporters to, to help you make that happen. And we would like to join you. Um, <laughs> right, on it could be like, yeah, it could be like, bring a friend. Like I bring yes. a friend every time to a new place. And I'm like, let me show you this place. That's see, there it is. There's the concept, there right? It is. So that was it's, my next I'm question. showing a friend the places I've been and how you do it, where to go. There we go, guys. Okay, so y'all are just in. answered my next question. My next question is, <laughs> what would your niche be? How would your show be different? So. I love that. I'm going to bring yeah. people to show, share the experiences that I've had. Yeah. And, 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 oh, and even like in. meet people that we've met. Cause like you said, like meeting people and learning different cultures and the places that Jerry and I've been, we've made friends that we still keep in contact thanks to mm -hmm. social media. And, you know, they're always like, if you ever come back, you can always like, we, we let's hang out again. Let me show you, you know, if any new restaurants are here and, and things like that. So we love doing that and we love meeting new people and just having, just having friendships, you know, or social media friendships from people across the world. And, and it's just such, it's just such a cool thing. And we, we love that. We love meeting people from all over in different cultures. You know, you talk about those, what I call magical moments, and it's it's meeting those people, or it's finding that special restaurant, you know, or, or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, or, you know, just having those interactions. And one of the cool things in looking at your Instagram, uh, there was a picture of you with like an elephant um, mm -hmm. in, uh, in Thailand. And, yeah. 
And uh, tell us about a, a time or two where you had those special or those magical moments and then it just about the experience. Yeah, so I mean, that is one of them. So elephants are my favorite animal, hands down. Like I have clients that bring me elephant gifts all the time. So in my office, I have like a shelf of elephant, like trinkets nice. and pictures and stuff. So love elephants. So that, so that was, was really my one grandma's of the, favorite. Like, that was my grandma's was favorite <laughs> animal as well. And, and she had many, many, many little trinkets and, and things yes, like that too. Yes, yeah. I love getting them. I love, and I love getting them from places that we go and there's elephants and I just kind of like to bring that back. But that was really cool. And that was one of the reasons I wanted to go to Thailand was to visit an elephant um, sanctuary, um, you know, and we've got to be very careful about, there's a lot of tourist traps out there and things mm -hmm. when you're going to countries like that, but going to an actual elephant sanctuary that's helping elephants and we got to bathe them. Um, and it was just, it was, I mean, you're standing next to these giant creatures. Like it is just the most incredible feeling. And I get to share that with Jerry as well. And it, it was just something we will just love and remember forever and, and maybe get to experience again if we you know ever get to go back or I go back and take you guys for my travel show right. you know 20 20 35 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but um that was one magical moment and then um I think another one that was just really cool was um was in the Maldives and it was the first time I went scuba diving. So I'm ruined. I can't go scuba diving anywhere else. Right. Um, so that was my one and done, but just being in Maldives scuba diving, there was a shark that came up and was swimming behind us. And it was almost like you were, I was scared, but also like mesmerized that this was, it was like a really big, it was like a nurse shark, but it was like a really big one, yeah. um, which was, it was still terrifying. Um, but it was just kind of also mesmerizing. You're like, uh, oh my God, like I'm in the, I am in the middle of the ocean. Like I am in the middle of the Indian ocean. Like I am not offshore. Like I am in the middle of the Indian ocean and, and in the middle of ocean wildlife. And then it's crazy because you're on an atoll and you walk out, you know, 50, 50 yards or whatever, and it just drops off and you're in the middle of the ocean. It's just a crazy sense of, and everywhere you look, you don't see anything. You know, when you go to Mexico or you go to the, like you always can see some type of, you know, land, right? Um, you were in the middle of, we were just in the middle of the Indian Ocean. You couldn't see <laughs> anything. It, it was just a really cool experience. That's yeah. awesome. I, I love that picture of you with the elephant. It's just because you can actually see like the connection you made like there just in, in that um, I know. fantastic photo. So fun. So the, fun. Uh, the next thing that I'm going to say, Joyce, isn't so much a question, but a statement. And then I just like maybe for you to expand on it. Okay. And, you know, so Sammy and I in the pursuit of growth is all about personal growth and development. And I think when most people think about how they're gonna grow and improve in their lives, they probably tend to focus in on their health, maybe mm -hmm. their professional careers, maybe it's eliminating bad habits. I don't think people often consider how they can intentionally grow experiences and how they can intentionally grow just traveling and doing those type of things. Mm -hmm. and, and by traveling, you don't necessarily have to go across the world. You know, you can literally right. go to the next town and mm -hmm. be able to have some of the experiences. and. Actually, very recently at the beginning of January, about three or four, about actually two weeks ago, uh, for Sammy's 40th birthday, um, a group of seven guys uh, here in Dallas 
took a road trip to Central Texas for mm -hmm. kind of like a mountain biking weekend. And we went to a place called Spider Mountain, which is actually, imagine a ski resort, but for okay. mountain bikes. So oh, cool. edge of the hill country. And so you actually get in ski lifts and you go up the mountain with your mountain bike on with a your different bike? lift. With your bike. Okay. And then you basically, excuse my language, you haul ass down <laughs> this oh mountain. God. It's one of the most intense, fun, challenging, scary, that, exhilarating things that I've ever had, right? In my entire life. That sounds life. like it, yeah. It was so much fun. And, and when the trip was done, I just had this feeling of just euphoria, of spending time with people that I love being around, having an experience that I've never had before, and just getting out of my routine. It was just yeah. such a great experience. And it just made me realize, we talk all the time, Sammy and I, about how you need to prioritize your hobbies and experiences. But quite honestly, actually going and doing something like that just emphasize how important it is. So maybe just elaborate on how traveling has been a, a blessing to you in your life. And what are maybe some takeaways that you've gotten from it that you've seen that, that have helped improve kind of your, the person that you are today? Yeah, you know, I've always had just an itch, I think the last probably, I mean, since I can remember, really, since I was a teenager, I've always wanted, well, and I'm also in astrology, and I'm a Sagittarius, and we're very into the travel and the wonderlust, but I really feel like it is important to to take time for experiences and learning new cultures, seeing new things and meeting new people and getting out there. I mean, at a, in a sense of outside your city, even like it is so enriching to, to just go and learn and experience. And it also, I think makes you realize how, how unique and how different we all are. And and in a little sense kind of can humble you as a person when you're traveling because um, there's so much out there and there's so many other people out there and the things you learn and the things you see and the things that you meet, you meet people and you hear the things that, you know, you start talking to them and they tell you that they've been through or gone through and seen in different countries. And it's, it's humbling too, especially us living here. Like, I just think that is so healthy and it's great for mental health, which, you know, I know is such a, you know, buzzword and, and things like that, but it truly is. It's so rewarding and humbling, I think would be the two things that I just think new experiences and, and you don't have to have, you know, the grandest of trips. Like you said, you could go, I didn't even know about Spider Mountain. I've never even heard of that. And you said it was like, you know, an hour or so away yeah. and you can find little pockets like that. I mean, Marfa's a cool trip and that's a road trip you could take that's, you know, eight hours on the, on the other side of Texas. And it's so full of cool culture and restaurants and artists and just things that you don't see in Dallas. Like that you just see new things and learn new things. And it is so worth it. It's so worth it to take the time to even just take a road trip, stay one night somewhere and just experience something new. You know, that's interesting because I, I even going to somewhere like Fort Worth, you know, which mm -hmm. is just down the road from us, but it's, it's yeah. literally a totally different culture. It's a different vibe. It's everything. And, and just hanging mm -hmm. out uh, pre-pandemic, uh, Greg and I were there and, and we were just looking at each other. We we're like, why don't we 
do this more often. Like, it's like right, it's I just went minutes. to the stockyards like the, for the first time in 2018. And I've yeah. lived here all my life. I've lived yeah. in the DFW area and I had never been to the stockyards. And that was such a cool, you could still make a day of that and yeah. learn new things and see cows walking down the street. And <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, yeah. it's cool. But that was one of the things too, that's like, I'm, I'm cheesing just thinking about the experience that we had at Spider Mountain because I, I experienced this and I know someone else brought this up in the group, but at the end of the day, we, I mean, we started at, at, I think it was like eight, eight 30 in the morning and we rode that mountain until about four 30. Um, Wait, any injuries? Like that sounds like y'all might've fell off your bikes. Like, no, no, no injuries. Okay. <laughs> thank goodness. I mean, they, they can happen, but no, we were. Yeah. It's, Joyce, it, it's a miracle because yeah. it is an, it is <laughs> an extreme like... sport. And so thank the good Lord yeah. that we all came back in one piece. And one of the guys was saying, he goes, I don't know about you guys, but my face hurts. And we're like, what are you talking about? He goes, I have been smiling this whole time. And like, and we took off our helmets and I was like, yeah, me too. Like I was just like my face. And sure enough, I'm on video just, you know, cruising around. Smiling, just so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what, I think another bright side of this, this COVID thing and, and all the stuff we've had to sit back and put on hold is like, we are going to enjoy things so much more moving forward. Like it's going to bring a smile on our face to go to a place we've already been just because we haven't been anywhere in so long and, and to get out and do stuff with our friends. Like we are going to find, just have a newfound appreciation for our friends, our family, hugs, new places. Like, and that is what I'm excited about in the aftermath of COVID is just reappreciating everything. Yeah, that, that's the right perspective. And I think that that's my hope for just our country, our world, is that, you know, we take this and we find the perspective of looking at the bright side of things. And we are grateful, you know, for the things in our lives that that are, that, that just are really are the foundational elements to our joy and our peace of mind. And often it's those little everyday things. It's the relationships with people. It's the experiences that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that make life just incredible. And if you can really focus on that and, and have the right perspective, so many of the things that divide us, yeah, it's okay to disagree. It's okay to have conflict, yeah. but it's all about how we choose to engage in those conflicts or those disagreements with the yeah. right perspective. It just changes everything. And Joyce, I love, I'm, I'm jumping a little bit far ahead, but I just, I want to just reiterate, I love how you talked about one of the things that traveling and experiences do is really humble you. And I think that's something that our world and our culture really needs right now is more, is more emphasis humble pie. <laughs> on, 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 the, on the strength that humbleness yeah. actually gives us. So I, I love that you said that. Thank you. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think we've just had so much compounding on top of each other that it is, it's just, I don't think if all of these different things, like you mentioned at the very beginning, we've had such a crazy year in 2020, so much happened on top of each other. You know, if those things happened separately, I don't think it would have been such a crazy thing, but they just all happened at the same, the same time. And we really like got challenged as a society and like the man upstairs was like, y'all need to sit down, think about what y'all are doing. Like, y'all gotta like, y'all gotta chill out. So I think in that, I think that was the purpose in that we are going to find a new find a, a newfound appreciation for things. And, you know, I think it'll be good. I think we'll come out even stronger. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's a great perspective that you have there as well. And 
And I think that a lot of people are going to have that exact same perspective. And literally, I've been taking notes here, just looking down at, at some of the things. And you know, we're we're at that point in the show where we like to kind of recap some certain things and and okay. you know go go back through. But before we do that, we have three questions that we ask every single guest. Okay. Um, that that has come on the show, um, and these aren't these aren't. Um, any brain busters by any means, but we'd love to get your perspective on these. So Greg, okay. I guess I'll go first and then you can, uh, and then you can go um, next. But so during your life, what has been one of your favorite actions, methods, or okay. lessons? One second, we're going a little slow-mo on. Uh -oh. <laughs> Let's are catch we, up. Are okay, we, hold on. Are we are slowing you guys there down a little? little bit? What's happening? Yeah, hold we'll, on. We'll, we'll wait till you come back in. Oh no, so are you. I'll kick back in a second. Yeah, no worries. So we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into the Sammy and Greg show and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let Joyce sit on the sidelines. Okay, hold on while. guys, I can't hear you. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, it's like slow. Yeah, everything's really slow. So I'm waiting for it to catch up. No problem. If you can so, see us, I'm raising like. Okay, here we go. All right, let's see. Let's see if we got. We got are we one. back? Are she has, we, she has is, great computer like drunk voice right now. It sounds like she's been drinking all show. You guys, on the question. I'm gonna do it. Almost right. there. We hear you. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's see how the perseverance goes. And you're listening to the Pursuit of Growth podcast there. with Sammy and Greg Brinkley, our special guest Joyce Morrison. All right, how is Joyce doing? Is she back yet? I don't think maybe. She, she's still frozen, frozen in time. Well, the good thing is, is that we have this video on. So when she pops back on, it can be there. But man, I don't know about you, but so far, like, I, I just want to go. I want to go travel. I want to go somewhere. So yeah. And there we, we lost Joyce for a little bit. We She'll pop back in. We'll bring her back in a minute. But one of the things that, again, I kind of want to go back to what I said a few minutes ago is there's just so much value in, in traveling. And I think when most people think about traveling, one of the first things that comes to their mind is, well, I don't have the money to do it. I can't afford to go and, and go to these really amazing places. But the reality is you can travel in your own city. You can travel in your own neighborhood. You can travel down the street. And I think what really is important about it is, are you being intentional to ask yourself, one, why is, why is getting out of my kind of my routine day important? Why is it important to have conversations with new people, to have new experiences, whether that's down the block or the next city over, like in right. Fort Worth that you talked about. And it's amazing when you actually make a priority on doing that, how, man, your, your life is enhanced. And I think Joyce is joining us again. But uh, as we welcome her back, I, I love one of the things that she said is you just get so much perspective and humility from meeting oh here we go there we back? go you guys are back yay sorry yeah. <laughs> i was like no okay yeah so now i was like trying to log in from my computer too but okay phone's back okay we, we were lost without you <laughs> sammy, sammy sammy went into dad jokes for like five minutes oh, it, was, no. <laughs> it was terrible okay i'm glad we're back so uh, i did i did i miss the okay i didn't hear any of the questions so okay. 
Oh, that's where so, I lost you guys. So all, the three questions. Good. Three questions. So the very first one is that yeah. during, during your life, what has been one of your favorite actions or methods or lessons that you've learned in terms of self-discipline and growth? Self-discipline and growth. Yeah, what's stuck out? Oh, gosh. Yeah, what have I learned? Um, I Gosh, I, I think it's just, I think it's different for everybody. I think it's learning who you are and how you respond to your failures and, and learning to coach yourself mm. in that. So, you know, for me, I am very, very hard on myself because like, if, if it's not perfect or my vision of perfection and, you know, that's just kind of my personality, I get really hard on myself and I get really frustrated and I get frustrated when other people don't do things perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm working on that too, because that's my, I do it to myself. So like, I just, I don't have these high expectations for myself and people. And, and it's something that I've had to learn over my years to give grace to and give myself grace and stop wearing myself out so much. And, and being so hard on myself. So that's something that I've, that I've definitely had to learn and then continuing to learn um, as I take on new ventures and, you know, take on, I mean, I'm, I'm learning it with the pageant. I mean, this is all new to me on the production side. So I am just learning to give myself grace and, you know, that's, so, that's all I can do. <laughs> Joy, Joyce, I'm going to, the second question that we have, I'm actually going to adjust it a little bit. Um, Speaking of giving yourself grace, can you yeah. share some advice that you're actually implementing that, that, that how you're working on that? How can other people learn? Because I think that's something that many people have challenges with is we're so hard on ourselves. So what's yeah. the advice that you could give that, um, that could help people that are struggling with that? You know, I think one thing I always have told myself the last few years and is and anything that's meant for you will not pass you by. Like it, it, like we cannot get so frustrated. We have ideas for ourselves and we have expectations for ourselves. And we have this, all, we have our whole lives planned out, right? Like we have, like, I have a timeline. I want to do things by then, by this. And I want to, you know, be this successful at this, but there's reasons sometimes that we fail at things. Mm -hmm. Be and we just don't know what that reason is. And we may not know for six months what, why we failed at that or why we didn't have that opportunity that we just thought we were going to have. And, you know, I, and I just tell myself, when things don't go my way, it's because there is something coming up and I'm going to, we will know sooner or later why something didn't go your way. So don't get frustrated, frustrated by it now. You'll, you'll see why mm -hmm. it didn't go your way. Like, you know, you didn't get this opportunity because there was another opportunity that you were supposed to be meant for. And you're, that was supposed to be your journey. And, you know, I, I, you know, I relate that back to pageants and that's what I tell people with pageants. It's like, it just, you didn't win this year because it just, this, this year wasn't right for you. You have, you have something else that you're supposed to be doing, uh, something else you're working on. And, you know, maybe next year or, you know, maybe it's five years from now, but when it's, when it's meant for you, it will, it will happen. So that's what I'm practicing. And that's what I, I think is helpful for a lot of people is we don't always see why we failed or why we're not doing something perfectly, but it always comes to light. Yeah. That's, that's amazing advice. 
uh, in and of itself, just, just there. And the fact that you, you keep saying the word, giving yourself grace or even the phrase, giving yourself grace. Yeah. I think a lot of people should remember that and take that with them too. Um, the third question is, it's a little bit of a twist on a classic question, but what advice would you give your future self 10 years from now? So Joyce now hops in a time machine, goes forward to Joyce 10 years from now, opens up the door and sees yourself. What advice would you give Joyce 10 years from now? Just, just enjoy things more. I mean, cause mm -hmm. honestly, 99% of the things that we're worried about today are not going to matter in 10 years. I mean, they just, they just aren't there. We are going to be so far from the things we're dealing with today in 10 years. Um, and it's, and, you know, personally, in a, like our lives change day to day. And I just, you just can't get so worked up about the little things because you know, if, if it's going to affect, I, somebody told me something, why I don't remember who, but they were like, if it, if you're, if it's something that's going to affect your life in the next, like they get, it was a timeline, like in the next week, then you can be mad about it, you know, for a certain period of time. But if it's not going to affect your life in five years, then you get five minutes to be mad about it. And then you move on because you, why are we going to, why get yourself so upset about things that just aren't even going to matter? Absolutely. Joyce, while you're 10 years in the future, would you mind stopping by my place, knocking on the door and telling me the very same thing that you told yourself? <laughs> not yet. It's, it's not going to matter in 10 years. So, we're going to be worried about the travel show, okay? That's so right. That's what's going to matter. He's got production yeah. schedules, right? And, and Why Joyce, am I worried about me, PPE? <laughs> years ago, I, I read a book that had a major impact on me as I was really at the genesis of kind of my intentional personal growth in my life. And forgive me, I can't think of the author, but the book was called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the point of the yeah. book was don't sweat the small stuff. And the reality is it's all small stuff. Mm -hmm. it and, all, exactly. And he talks about what you, what you just mentioned. He's like, look, a week in the future, is this going to matter? What about three years in the future? What about five years in the future? Why are you ruining your today for yeah. something that's not going to matter, you know, down the road? So I think that's, that's a wonderful point that you made. Yeah. Um, so Joyce, now this leads to, in my opinion, this is my favorite part of the whole show. This is where Sammy and I look at the pages of notes that we've taken yeah. from our conversation. And it's actually the hardest part of the show because we pick three takeaways that we appreciated okay. from this conversation. So we always fight over who goes first and who goes second. Sammy, what, <laughs> do you want to lead off today or do you want to go second? What are you, what are you feeling? You go first. I, I've gone first more times than you have. So I'll... I'll... I'll pass it. You probably have. So this is the hard part of all this that I have written down. What do I, what do I take? take. But uh, I'm going to start with your motto that you mentioned earlier. And I love this mask on and move on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I really, I really hope that as a world, as a community, as people, we adapt that because again, we made this comment earlier in the show that trials are opportunities. If you choose to view them this way. And that doesn't mean to be reckless, to be foolish, but I think it's look at the challenge in your life and figure out how to overcome it. And I just love mm -hmm. that short, sweet motto, mask on, mask put your armor on and move and on. Move on. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love that. And get your mask yeah. from Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you need that mask. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll make sure in the show notes. Uh, if we'll, you need we'll two, I got it. <laughs> you got a double mask, right? Yes. 
The second thing that I love that you said, um, and, and I think it has a much bigger context than even how you mentioned it today. But when we were talking about travel, you mentioned talk to someone who's been there. Mm -hmm. And Joyce, that is advice to every important area of our life that we do not take advantage of is talk to people that have been there. Don't feel like you've got to blaze this path solely on your own. Don't be so prideful that you won't accept the help of mm -hmm. others. And that's an area that I've struggled with throughout my life is feeling like it was a weakness to ask help from others. Mm -hmm. And what a foolish way to live my life. And as I learn more humility, and as I really adopt that as a strength, talking to people that have been there has been one of the major, major benefits and blessings of my life. So when you said that, yeah, I got chills and, and wrote that down. I absolutely love that. Yeah, I think we um, talked a lot about that in our first podcast and mm -hmm. how we should be looking for mentors in all aspects of our life um, and not be ashamed. So yeah, so we did talk a lot about that. And it's, I it's, it's who still can, truly believe that and it's still strong. Yeah, it's who can be our mentors and who can we turn around to be mentors mm -hmm. for. And yeah. I, I think that's so important. And then I, I, I've got literally eight or nine things starred that I could share, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to let Sammy have some good ones, but you know what? I'm going to go with one that's a little bit funny, but man, there's so much truth in it. Don't always trust Google. <laughs> and yeah. I think I can take it to a bigger standpoint and, and substitute Google for social media, online yeah. tech companies, just what yeah. people have to say is just do your due diligence and don't just take what you read or what you hear yeah. as a gospel. Take That's some right. time to explore it and make sure that it's correct. So absolutely right. love that you mentioned that. So Sammy, those are my three. Now over to you. That's great. Yeah, you only stole all of mine. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I think number one is, uh, is we were talking earlier about keep looking at, keep looking at it as a learning experience. I think mm -hmm. whenever you found those challenges and, you know, jumping into the, the industry now as a, as a, as a different mindset. So I loved that. Um, and, and that's something that we look to do with the pursuit of growth. That's kind of what it's all about. Um, mm -hmm. Something that you actually said twice um, in just a different way, which I think solidifies the fact that you really do believe it <laughs> is that uh, learn to laugh it off. Um, you know, when you're yeah. in and in the recliners with yeah. the curtains back, you know, learn to laugh it off. And then yeah. later on, you said you enjoy, enjoy things more, you know, like that's what you were talking yeah. about, the advice we're going to give yourself. So that's why I think it was a nice, yeah. nice play off that. Uh, and then lastly, um, uh, the biggest, one of the big one was learn who you are and learn to coach yourself. Um, you mentioned that, and yeah. I, I always mess this up, the Enneagram. Um, Even, you know, yeah, the Enneagrams. Yeah. yeah. I always say it wrong. So that was one thing I learned during um, quarantine. I took the Enneagram test. Have you guys done that? I haven't. <laughs> no, can, I can you to. explain? Can you explain a little bit what that is? Yeah. So it's a pretty like it's a it's a long test, and then it takes like a twenty or thirty minutes. So you got to have some time to sit down and go through a test. But it is this test, and you answer questions of how you would react to things and what you would do, um, and it's pretty comprehensive. And then it tells you based on your answers, like how you function and what type of personality you are. And you can get really deep into it. I now follow like all these Enneagram accounts mm -hmm. on Instagram and they like analyze and I'm like, yeah, that's me. I'm a one. I, I knew it before I took the test. I said, I'm a one. 
I was like, one of my friends was saying like, well, one is this, a two is this, a three goes to nine. And I was like, I have a one, I already know it. I don't have to take the <laughs> test. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, it would be, it's a fun thing to do. And it's a fun thing to kind of chat about with people that have, that have done it and their enograms and you can kind of wing with another enogram and it's kind of pretty fascinating. It's, it's kind of like one of those, like, you know, you do the astrology things and an enogram, but this is kind of based off of a test that's done and how you would react. So yeah, I, I, need, I, challenge, I, need, I challenge y'all to find y'all's enograms. I was about to say, Greg and I feel a uh, uh, group working session. Greg and I yeah. will take it and report back our numbers. Yeah, okay. yeah and, and that's yes. that's similar, Joyce. Sammy and I have both been in, in a Vistage coaching group. And over the last couple of years, we've taken what's called the DISC uh, assessment profile. And then okay. the Gallup, the Gallup's Strength Finder, which is they're they're different in the way they kind of go about things, but they're similar, and they report back extremely comprehensive information in terms of how you respond and act in certain scenarios, where your strengths yep. are, how you relate to people, and I'll admit yep. that I was very apprehensive before taking these tests, <laughs> and it is shocking when you read them back to go, wow, yeah. this is so they nailed me like yeah. to a point. <laughs> But then what also is interesting is they present to you your blind spots and things yeah. that you're like, you know what? I don't like to think about myself this way, but that's the truth. And mm -hmm. what can I maybe do to either A, not have that become such a weakness to where it causes problems in my relationships or my work. That's right. Um, mm -hmm. But then again, how can I also not stress over it? Maybe who are other people I can bring into my life that could help me in this area that's weak? And so it's such a valuable tool to have. So I'll absolutely take that test. I think that'll be fun yeah. to explore and, and see what, uh, yeah. what type of uh, outcomes I get from that particular test. Yeah, and it, it's good, I think, too, when you start learning other people's Enneagram and you read on the other Enneagrams on how those people are. Like, you know, I have friends that are a two or a three and like I can read on like- interact with them, right? How, how they interact and how, mm -hmm. it, how they understand things and it just, you know, it's all part of growth and growing into like how to communicate better and just network with people. And it's a good thing. I love it. Well, Joyce, <laughs> this is the best part of the show. I know from a promotion standpoint. So we like to give you the stage yeah. and you to promote anything and everything you want. Um, you know, okay. tell people where to find <laughs> it and tell people how to get the information. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my personal Instagram, I'm a big Instagram person. So mm -hmm. you can just follow me at Joyce at Joyce underscore underscore Morrison. Um, from there in my profile, you can find the Texas International page. Um, and that's a brand new page that has just started. And that goes to all the pageant information. So that'll link our website and our event where you can get tickets, where you can learn to be a contestant sponsor all that fun stuff is on that instagram through my personal page um and then to learn more about me um joyce dot or joyce dash morrison.com my website kind of just has all kinds of things about who i am the businesses that i have and the philanthropy that i've done and you know partnerships that i've done so yeah That's just awesome. send me a dm or an email and love to chat well, I can, I can share from personal experience that Joyce is one of the better Instagram accounts to follow. So I encourage <laughs> everybody to jump on there. It's just, it's just, you just post things that just make people smile and it's very, very, very hey. cool. So, uh, so kudos to you. And then <laughs> from a personal standpoint, um, just so appreciative of your support of Vogel Alcove. Mm -hmm. 
of Sammy and myself as, as we've launched this pursuit of growth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our mission to really bring self-development and encouragement to the masses you're just, a, you're an amazing person. You're an amazing friend. And, and we're so grateful that we've had you back on now for the second time. So just be prepared <laughs> that we're going to have you on for the third as we get yeah. through this crazy year <laughs> of, of 2021. I know. Uh, we just keep checking in with ourselves and right. see where we are. Um, I'm excited it. to see where you guys take the pursuit of growth. And I know we've talked a little bit about some of your ideas. So I'm very excited and here to support you guys as yeah, well. We on this new venture. We've got a lot of things going on. And so now time for our shameless plug. If you want to learn more yeah. about the pursuit of growth, you can go to our website, which is www.livetpg.com, where you can read our blog. You can watch other episodes of the pursuit of growth show, like the one that you've just seen with Joyce Morrison. And you can buy the book, The Pursuit of Growth which literally will make all your dreams come true. Yes. <laughs> That's all it is. Um, but one last time. I bought Joyce. it. I just haven't read it. I oh, bought it. I just, I just, it's on my counter. I just haven't read it. So it's I, I owe it to you guys. It's, it's, it's time to read it, Joyce. It's going to change <laughs> your life. <laughs> Love it. Well, once again, Joyce, thanks so much. This has been so much fun. And uh, man, it's just always great to chat with you. So good to catch up with you guys and chat with you too and talk all the things like business and growth. And I'm excited and look forward to the next time. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Two-time champ right here. Hey. Joyce Moore. All right. Yes. Thanks. First returning guest. So with that, we'll sign off and <laughs> all right. Time. See you later.